Welcome back to the Respected Drive Podcast. I'm Tedward. This has been a big week. I hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, and that's kind of a surreal experience. That's that's like the number you you always aspire to hit. It's, it's a huge milestone because it not only solidifies you as a YouTuber, it kind of lets you know, like, this is, this is okay. This is working. And even though I'm never confident in success, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to own this one. I'm, I'm proud of that. And I got to thank you guys for, for coming along for the ride, but it has been tough throughout the pandemic just because it, it is a little more difficult to, to source cards. It's different. Everything's just different. And that's why my guest Eddie on today, the first bit of uh, conversation we have is a little more personal. We, we used to be roommates. We actually used to live together for a couple of years and here we are. We don't, we don't, we don't see each other. I haven't seen him in a long time. In fact, I've probably seen my M5 up at Garage 42 in Woburn, Massachusetts, uh, in storage more than I've seen Eddie. But unlike my M5, I don't always know if he's safe and sound. I don't have him on a battery tender. So if you want to just get right to the car stuff, skip ahead a couple minutes in the podcast. But I, I think the I think the exchange in the beginning is pretty entertaining. Unlike most of my guests, Eddie knows me very, very well. So he, he, he'll call it like he sees it. So pour yourself a nice cup of coffee. I know... I've got some nice fresh beans here from Motorized Coffee Company, and if you go to MotorizedCoffee.com, you can get 10% off your order of freshly roasted beans with coupon code TEDWORD. So, here's Eddie. Let's get into it. We we haven't been hanging out, and like, you know, I... I you normally were the person that I would, it sounds like you're my, my husband. I would come home to you and express my disdain for society and we'd deal with it together. That's basically how it was because I, I was working a job that I hated uh, and, and it was very frustrating for me. And you were the person that I could come home to and talk about my problems. But what I found is like, you know, although I'm still just as cynical as I've always been, I'm less negative. I feel a lot less negative, which is a, is a positive. How have you found your COVID experience? It's evolved greatly. We went from pure isolation to now I feel less terrified, but I just know that it's not the same. Um. Yeah, I mean, COVID has really changed my outlook on retirement. Um <laughs> Is that because so, you, is it because you want to be cooped up inside or because you're terrified that this is what retirement's going to look like? That is yes, I am terrified that this is what the end of your life looks like. You sit in a house all day and do very little and just mope around and wait till you die pretty much. Um but in all seriousness, uh COVID has really changed my outlook on being thankful for what I had and what I have. Um, I would say I didn't appreciate half the little things in life that I just, you know, were just normal things. And now that they're gone, I've started to realize, wow, I, I, I miss this. I miss going to a shitty bar and, and, you know, getting a beer. I miss getting on the bus to go to work and touching a handrail that, no, I don't miss that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I know, but like it, I just, I miss seeing people. I mean, you know, start with the basics here. I miss my family. Um, I, you know, and you took all the, I took, well, I took all those for granted because it's just there. Well, know? everyone, you, you everyone in your life, I mean, same for me, for the most part, everyone in our lives were next door to us. Not exactly. far, not far. It wasn't hard, but now it's like, oh, I can't walk into that home. I can't do, I can't even see my, I can't see my grandmother. I can't do these things. Um, it's funny that you mentioned gratefulness because one of the notes I wrote for this 
it, this is why you'll you'll never remove the cynicism from me. I, I, I agree with you. I find that I'm more grateful for things as well, a lot of little things. Um, and I and I feel like I'm able to spend my time not necessarily wanting things, but enjoying what I have and thinking about how to maintain the things I have properly, i.e. the cars. Um, but I was I was I was with Ricky the other day. For those who don't know, Ricky's like my significant other. Um, Ricky and Ricky Ricky's a lot more of like a, a happy person. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's so funny. I, I I feel so bad for anyone who's ever dated me because this is what happens when you date when you date someone like me. Is like I am deep down very cynical. Very I don't I'm not bitter, but I I don't I just I'm always I'm always skeptical. I'm a total skeptic. So if you come up to me and start talking to me, my first question is like, what are you trying to fucking sell me? Like, what are you? What's you, what are you getting out of this? You know what I mean? Um. And, and I see a commercial. I don't like I don't like advertising stuff. It drives me nuts because I'm like, oh, that's such a scammy ad. Like, I can't believe people fall for this crap. Um, so anyway, he he brings up this thing. And he goes, oh, I'm supposed to do my, what, like eight minutes of mindfulness every day. And I don't know what it's for. Maybe it's like a thing for, for work or for school that they've just kind of like said they should be doing. And he pulls up this app on his iPad and it brings up like this video and it's, it's like this dude that just comes up and he's just, oh, very, very thoughtful and very quiet and deliberate in the way he's talking. But I'm listening to it and it was basically like advertising for something first and then going into this thing about being and I'm like mindfulness that that word doesn't even mean anything. Like, what does that mean? Define it. Can you define mindfulness? So I took a mindfulness class in college and the only reason I took it was because uh this girl that I had hung out with a few times nice. uh, told me that nice. basically you can fall asleep in the class and no one will notice. So I, you know, signed up for, I'm like, shit, I can sleep during the class. Fuck yeah, I'm in. And, uh, I actually learned a, a, a quite, de- uh, quite a lot in the, the class. I mean, there's something to be said about being able to control your, not your emotions per se, but, the way you react to things slow think, down yeah I, I get so that's the thing is i want to i want to make it clear like i don't disbelieve in like meditation i think i think those are i think the ability to relax the insanity and chaos of your brain is critical that's so important but i do find that i'm watching an ad basically an ad on youtube telling me how to be and when someone says be mindful or be grateful i instantly don't want to be <laughs> Oh, I'm, yeah, such I mean, a, that... I'm a cat i'm a stubborn cat like you're trying to make me do something i'm going to do the opposite of the thing you tell me to do well i mean i think mindfulness has to come from the person i don't think it can be just thrown upon you and 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 set and shoved down your throat like <laughs> yeah, you need yeah. to do this from 8 you know, 30 you... to 9 p.m we are mindful damn it exactly um just like anything you have to be involved and you want to be able to do it. If you don't think it's fucking doing anything for you, then clearly it's not going to work. Exactly. You know? 
And and I and I find it frustrating because it's hard to it is hard to tell somebody like Ricky who's very happy and very like oh but this is good and like I I I I do see the good in it I get it I get where he's coming from, but when I look at it and I'm like I can't it's so cringy to me I'm like I can't I can't watch this I cannot watch this because he's like laying there and he's like taking a deep breath and I'm like I'm just gonna go in another room and pet the dog the first the first I mean I always subscribe to the idea you can't know a person for six years right like you know the first the first the first month or two you're dating somebody or you're getting to know somebody you're seeing them basically holding in a fart for 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 eight weeks like that's what they're doing for you, right that's what they're doing for you there oh we god. will get to cars. i swear to god anyone who listen that we're getting to cars the cars are coming the cars are coming we just need to we, i need to get this off my chest <laughs> he needs to let this toot out but you you can't fart in front of this person for like eight weeks right that's about right and and eight <laughs> weeks how about eight months jeez man you got that coco really uh kept you in line for a while well you know you know what i i didn't want to you know pa- make her pass out or anything so but it's I, you yeah. know th- th- it's like you see things you see things and like for me i'm always observational so it's like i see a thing and i'm like oh my god can you believe this guy like what's go? what is this all? and i have to like hold it all back for a while because i'm like oh well this person will literally stop talking they will ghost me today like they will not talk to me anymore like they won't think i'm funny they'll think i'm just a cynical asshole and in the business i'm in now that i'm learning it's funny doing all these car reviews that's my job. Like, yes, I, I have a lot of energy and I sound excited and happy when I'm driving a car because it's what I genuinely enjoy doing. And it's like the only thing I really enjoy doing. I mean, I, I guess I like filming and stuff too, but um, I, I like the process and I like the idea of it. But for me to take a car and, and and objectively review it or talk about it, like basically you have to be a cynic. And that doesn't mean being negative. It doesn't. It means like, because if you're negative, you'd get it and you go, wow, oh, the leather's gross. It's like, I I, I, I like, I like I, uh, I observe things at face value. I got in a three series the other day. It had the, the, the fake leather. And I'm like, you know what? It's fine. This is a $50,000 car that does zero to 60 in like four seconds, you know? Like, well, we'll I'm going to get over the pleather. Um, but I have to call it out. I have to mention it because the optimist is getting in and going, wow, a BMW. Wow, in this great, oh, it's German, German engineering. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? A straight six, can you believe they're still using this platform? And oh, all this torque and power. Wow, would you look at that gesture control? How innovative. And I'm sitting there going, the damn gesture control hardly works half the time. And it, I turned the volume up too loud and I, I accidentally said BMW out loud. And now the car is trying to talk to me like, Siri and I don't like it so (laughs) there's like this balance of like you have to be a cynic and I think cynicism gets a bad rep but through COVID it's helped me honestly because I've been able to decode you know kind of like bullshit self-help versus like what's actually going to make me happy and you know just kind of slip into that mode yeah I mean you know first thing cynic isn't the word I would use for you Cynic is too cynic is too too low for you. Like when I think of a cynic, I just think of like I just think of like Sarah Silverman in School of Rock. Okay, okay, okay. Just like this whiny, annoying. She she was in School of Rock. Yeah, she was that the whiny girlfriend. Oh, the girl. Okay, I'm thinking. I'm like those kids. Those were children. Remember, she was Ned Schneebly's girlfriend. I can't believe you remember this movie. That annoying, uh, you know. I'd, all right, all right. Continue. I am really. Anyways, I would here. use being a realist. You're real. I'll, yeah, you're I'll give you gonna, that. I'll you're give not going to fifth flap, you know, 
any sort of you're not going to bake someone's cookies. Well, I find know? that realism is a is a neutral balance between a pessimist and an optimist versus cynicism. I think it's a totally different category. Like a like I don't know what the what is the opposite of cynicism? Like um, like optimism. No, I think pessimism is the opposite. I don't think those are opposites. I think cyn- I, I think I think I think you can be I don't, know. I don't know. I think you can still be optimistic and somewhat cynic about things. I don't know. I don't know. But I asked you to do a little homework before um before we did this i asked you to watch a video there are two bmw ads that have come out in the last like month that have been so infuriating to me as as a bmw fan sort of and as just an automotive person like enthusiast the first one let's talk about i'll talk about the first one that came out this isn't the one I just told you to watch, but the M2. Did you see this M2 competition video? Did you see this where they put the Audi R8 5.2 liter V10 soundtrack over this car? Oh, it's terrible. Like, what are they thinking? It's insulting. Oh, I, I Yeah, I was going to say terrible isn't the word. I would say embarrassing is the right word. I found it, like, per- offensive, like, because it what totally is offensive. Totally. What you're saying to me is that like you are you, your marketing department. And I, like, here's let me I need to like really take a step back for a second because I actually like I work with I've worked with the BMW PR people. They're super nice. They're super they're phenomenal. These are like these are great people. This this arm, whoever's like approving these types of ads. I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't understand who these people are that aren't like enthusiasts enough to hear the sound of another brand's V10 against their M2 and not notice that it's not this not, not the correct thing or is it intentional like is it intentional are they trying to play me? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I've watched the video a few times. I mean, actually, I think you sent it to me. And the first thing that I that that really stood out to me was what first thing why you that is the best car i think in my opinion in their lineup the m2 yeah was it was it a, the, was it a comp or was it a cs it must have been a cs I, right? hope, I don't I mean, even remember it, it doesn't it matter it's a great car you're totally right it doesn't matter it's in my opinion it's the last true bmw so the the old school dna is still somewhat there oh for car. sure it, it, it and 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 i will get to this too i I even though I've partaken in like the BMW bashing over the last like six months to a year, I think they're actually they've made some incredible cars recently. Yeah, I mean, so I watched the video and my reaction was, unfortunately, wow, not surprised, though. That was my reaction. Right. Um, Like you're like, wow, yeah, they would wouldn't wouldn't they do that? I I have been. I used to be the biggest BMW fan. I mean, I've had a few. I've always loved the M brand. Um, and, and I think what's happening at BMW is they're having a, an identity crisis because they want to market their I products. and But they also want to market their M products at the same time. And I think that they're struggling to gain a grasp on what's going to make them more and you know they came out with that m2 ad which was just pitiful and i don't know if you saw this other one recently they they posted um a video of the new m3 m4 they were talking about weight and i have not seen this and and essentially this guy gets up he's speaking german and he looks very 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 upset 
Like he doesn't, it looks like he doesn't want to be there. Like he just looks nervous and he's discussing how the new, I forget what model designation M3. Now, mind you, this M3 had, or M4 had a manual transmission, lightweight seats, uh, uh, you know, carbon ceramic brakes, everything lightweight. And they were trying to say that this car is lighter than the F80. Okay. The F80 that they used was like a DCT with steel brakes. <laughs> so just like the heaviest possible configuration. Exactly. And the go look at the comments. It got lit up like a Christmas tree. And people called them out. And, and I watched this because I didn't really believe it. I'm like, they wouldn't do something so stupid. But, you know, they... <sighs> The people they're marketing to, although like I, I understand it from their perspective a little bit, because I showed my parents the the M2 V10 video, and their reaction was like, "Wow, how, that's great," and I was like, "Wait, no, 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 you don't understand." And I think what you're t- like what you're talking about is like you notice that because you're like, "Oh, I, I understand that those are those brakes, and that's this car, and that's the heavier transmission, and all this stuff." Um, I don't think the average consumer a cares or B, like, will ever notice this. They will never notice this. It's really a shame because they're they're losing their core values, I think, in the process of trying to reinvigorate the brand. My so. issue with this isn't necessarily that, like, I'm insulted because when I think about it, I think, what would Porsche do? Would Do you think in a million years there would be a video of a GT3 with a Ferrari V8 soundtrack as an advertisement? No. It's impossible. Yeah. It's unfathomable. It will never happen. Ever. And the fact that BMW put that out really drove me nuts, which was funny because then I happened to have a POV of our friend's R8 uh, V10 Plus, and then I had a video of me ripping up a mountain road in the M3, so I put them sure. together. They happened to sync up perfectly perfectly and so i put it on instagram and i just wrote like oh here's my application for the bmw marketing uh, director <laughs> position or something like that it's just some snarky shit and uh and a bunch of people didn't understand it they some people said whoa your car sounds incredible it sounds like <laughs> and other people were like that's not a very good application because it was just a shitty video. It wasn't like an impressive reel. It wasn't like I was showcasing some cinematic reel. And so a lot of people just didn't get the joke. And I'm like, oh, that's on me. If I have to explain a joke, then I guess it's not very good. Um, right? That's my fault. But Joe Achilles yeah. thought it was funny. Shmi responded to me because I tagged him in it. And he he laughed. He thought that was – I was like, oh, that, that makes me happy. I think, I think if you're an enthusiast, I think you've already – come to conclusions that BMW is lost. Signif- you know, it's well, lost. It's I'm very not, lost. I'm not ready to go there. I'm not ready to go there. Because I think BMW still makes really good cars. I think, here's the thing, if we're yearning for the uh, the 90s and 2000s, then sure, maybe those days are a little, a little gone. Because you used to be able to get into a, for example, an E46, like a 325, was a, was a fine car to drive. It was like a nice car. You'd get in it. It felt quality. It wasn't like over-the-top luxury, but it was a nice car. Today, if you get into a base 3 Series with very little options, like almost no options, it it feels it, it is bad. Like it it feels it, it feels almost po- like positively non-luxury. It's like actively Spartan. 
Whereas well, if you get yeah. into, but think about this, if you get into a Sonata or a, a, an Elantra, you get into an Elantra and it's like they Hyundai has made all of their, like all the touch surfaces, beautiful leather, nice, nice, supple things. Anything you touch is going to be really good. Everything else is going to be a little junk and they're going to save money on like a, you know, a torsion beam rear suspension. BMW, though, you have to option them out to the gills to get the good leather, to get the good sound system, to get the steering wheel that feels right. Um, And that's the thing is I don't I think that's the gap right there. But they still make amazing cars. But they have to spend the money on them. You only get amazing cars if you get the, the best one top of the line. I think there's two things that I'm going to pull from this, your argument about BMW. The first thing is, yes, I think they do still make a decent product. That's not what I'm saying. I would say that they're, them calling the ultimate driving machine, they shouldn't use that tagline. Anymore. I don't, I don't think, think they, they do. do anymore. They haven't used that in a but, long time. But I think, they've, I think there's two things that I would say. Is the first is our perception of what luxury luxury cars are today is completely different to what they were 15 years ago. Even the era of your M3, because back then there wasn't really tech inside a car. What people, when people thought of luxury, they thought of quality and how the fit and finish and fitment of everything inside the dashboard and how it looked and longevity. That's what luxury meant. Nowadays, all we get is how much tech can we throw inside a car? Right. And and I think BMW is doing the most they can to, you know, capture that group of people with the new M3, M4, the iCars, they all have just loads and loads of tech. And that's great for a lot of people, like, you know, just the average consumer, because they look at this and they're like, oh my God. Look at all the, the 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 infotainment systems. Beautiful. The screens. The whole dash. Yeah, you're yada, right. Yada. Like for example, the Lotus Evora GT came out and it didn't have Apple CarPlay at first, and people were like, "Well, I don't want it." Then I'm like, "That's what's keeping you away from this car. <laughs> That's the limiting factor." Yeah. No, but I hear so, you. I hear you. I hear you. So I think that's what is changed in BMW is they've realized we got to change our marketing strategy to align with what people want. Unfortunately, what that means is they're putting out this load of just stuff that you don't really want to eat. And it's really, for people who know the brand, it's very hard to watch. I would, I agree. I, I, I think that like, we need to look at its, its, its competition as well, though. Because, for example, Audi, I think Audi is no different than BMW in this segment because if I were to take, let's say the X3, right? Like a base X3. We're not talking like an X3M competition, nothing like that. Like whatever the smallest four-cylinder turbo engine they make, you get in it and it's huh? and you don't add much for options. It's a pretty bland thing to drive. It's like not very exciting and all this stuff. I would still probably prefer that X3 over the Q3, which is really I genuinely dislike that car. I think it's really cheap um, and it has a really miserable transmission. So is it that BMW lost its way or is it that this is just the path everyone took and, and, and BMW seems to take the brunt of this hit because BMW is like somehow BMW is up in the ranks of like a driver's car 
just a rung below Porsche. I think that's kind of the perception, right? Yeah, like if yeah. you were to if you were to take all those brands and kind of mesh them together and rank them, I always feel like it would go BMW then Porsche. Like, you know, Porsche yeah. being higher on the on the ladder. And because BMW's cars, you know, they're marketing, they have to compete with Audi, they start going towards like SUVs and all this other stuff. They, but they've got to sell tons of them. They've got to sell tons of them. So they've got to make the cheaper ones. And what's weird is if I, I could, I could bring you to an event. Like I could bring you to two events. One event, I'm gonna put you in the base model of every car. I'm gonna put you in a two series, an X1, an X2, uh, the three series, the four series, the five series, the six series, the seven series. I'll put you in every car. But I'm only gonna give you like the base model of every car. And I'm going to say, go drive all of them. Take your time, do your thing. And then like, tell me, wh- what, how, do you, how do you feel about this brand? Then if I could like erase your brain and bring you to another event and give you all the M variants. So just the M3, just the M4, just the M2 CS, just the M5, just the M8 competition, just the X3M, X5M, all of these cars. You, or Alpina B7, X7M, 50i you would have you would say nothing but amazing things about these cars like you'd be like what is this brand this is insane i can't believe i'm driving a like a 600 horsepower sports sedan and although yeah you know they're they're certainly different than they used to be i'll tell you i've heard a lot of people complain about the g90 m5 competition i have put that thing into corners and it has done things that still to this day make no sense to me I'm like, how, yeah. how, oh, I mean, how does it do this? And that to me, I'm like, this brand isn't dead. It's just that you have to, you have to pony up the cash. You can't go to the low end of the spectrum on these BMWs. Yeah. Yeah. The, the days of, you know, M, the M3 being the everyman sports car are definitely dead and gone. I mean, even your car was getting up there in price. You know, at the end of its run, I mean, you were talking, what, 75, 80 for one? It was, but that's not crazy when we think about an E46 M3 in its day was a sixty to $64,000 car. 65, yeah. Right? And, and but you, now, I mean, you're talking 100 grand for some of these. 100 grand. With options, yeah. Um, and yeah, it does, get, it does get up there, but they still depreciate just the same, which is nice. So you pick them up a year or two later and you're good to go. Um, exactly so i don't know i just i have mixed feelings because i've definitely been i've definitely ridden the bmw is dead train and the more i drive them the more i'm like maybe that's not true i drove an m550i the other day and i was like whoa this is pretty sweet like it's not a bad car now granted you know there's always going to be the commenter who's like yeah but if you've got to fix them you know you only want to have it in warranty i'm like that's true (laughs) every car like every car is shit out of warranty yeah every car is true Yeah, no, of course. As as soon as the warranty is up, it breaks and you got to pay for it. That's a shitty time. Like you have to make your decisions. You know, don't buy a car. Don't buy an S-Class with like air suspension. Like you're not going to have a good time. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I have a lot of, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this BMW stuff, but they don't help their case when I try to defend them when they come out with ads like this. Because I try to defend them. We didn't even get. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even get to the bad one. We didn't even get to the big one. Okay. So for those who haven't seen this ad, I'm going to set it up for you a little bit. First of all, they nearly completely ripped off the Porsche ad 
where remember the Super Bowl Porsche ad where mm-hmm. like they all they all steal the cars and drive them, but like the whole setting, the whole scene in the museum in the in the in the centrum, um, is very similar to that. So you have a security guard, this this uh, this woman walking through, and she sees the cars talking to each other. It's the new iX, whatever this new like electric um, small SUV is, and it's talking to the objectively the worst BMW ever produced, the the Bengal Seven Series. And the seven series approaches the IX and the writing in this is so bad that it's more cringy than the mindfulness thing I was talking about. Like he called <laughs> me and maybe it's a translation. Maybe this was like a German script and then they translated it to English and they didn't spend much time translating it. But the script is so unbelievably bad. He calls the, um, he calls the thing a whippersnapper. He goes, oh, hello, whippersnapper. And it's just, the weird thing is, the whole point of it is that the old BMW is insulting the new BMW being like, you don't know what this is like. And he calls it marketing bullshit. And he, and he uses the word bullshit, like as if it's very racy. Multiple and times. Like too many times to the point where I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Even I'm like over it. Uh, and I found it insulting. Like, to be honest, and it's funny because I don't think our generation is represented in either car because I think the the 7 Series is supposed to represent like a boomer and the the iX is supposed to be like the zoomer. And I was like, okay, this doesn't make any sense to me when the people who can afford all these new electric cars and who are actually excited about them are a lot of like older people. Like my dad, if he could afford to buy like new electric BMWs, he would totally do that. And but here's this commercial, like literally shitting all over him, telling him he's just some old haggard seven series bangle-fied nightmare that is stubborn and can't learn to be technologically savvy. Yeah. Um isn't it you know what I find is crazy? How you and I can watch the same video and I can come to a completely different conclusion. Tell me what you saw in that. Like I really want to know okay. what you're what you so, saw when you watched that. So what I saw was first thing I called the same thing that you did. I'm like, this is a Porsche ripoff. <laughs> like literally too the security guards, like the whole thing. Oh, I saw them talking the whole, that whole thing. It's too close. It's um, too close. But what I, what I saw was the old BMW and the new BMW talking to each other and getting in an argument. And, you know, they made fun of their own brand and, Rule 101 is you never make fun of your own product. I mean, like, why would you go out of your way to insult some of the history of your own brand? You know, having a gasoline engine, an iDrive that, you know, and I think they said some other things. Then the car broke down, if I recall, like trying to set, you know, dial an internet. Yeah, I think the car right? died at the end. I, I swear. Yeah, did, did the it car not... literally flatlined. Like, like they, they basically said like all our old cars are unreliable. <laughs> That's exactly died. what I got out of I'm it. I'm like, yeah. oh no. I'm like, this is not good. I own old BMWs. This makes me feel uncomfortable. It's crazy. So I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell are you doing? You're alienating, you're alienating all of your fans essentially because no one can afford these IX cars. I don't know anybody who's had one. I don't even think it's out yet. It's not out yet. It's not out yet. The only, okay, the so only there we real go. EVs are like the, uh, the, the, they have like hybrid EVs and then they have, um, the, I obviously the I3 and the I8. So this one is, so, the new. So this I'm, is a big deal. This car is supposed to be like, I'm, I'm here to take consumers away from the e-tron and Tesla. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, and they're trying to take away from their own customers too, all the gasoline cars. And, you know, the thing that I got out of it at the end was, one, BMW, what are you doing? You're really tarnishing yourself. And two, I've never wanted a Bengal 7 Series more. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that V12, you know. That's, that's right, it was a 760 a LI or IL. I forget, yeah. I forget which way they went back then. You're right. Yeah, that is that and, is true. And 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 furthermore, it made me and this was the big the big key moment for me was I would never look at that car now. I would never go into a dealership and be like, if I was looking at electric cars, that is the last car that would be on my list. I still I'm able to separate the car from the marketing cuz I understand what it's like to be on the engineering side of this and having no control over how the brand decides to portray it to the world. And that's frustrating because I'm looking at this IX thinking like, ooh, I'm really excited to get a first look at it. I wonder how it drives. I wonder what kind of tech. And then they do this bizarro world like personification <laughs> of like this snooty, like young thing. Millennial talking, yeah. Not even millennial, Zoomer, like younger. Like we're millennials. I don't think we were represented in this at all. And I... I genuinely was just confused by what I saw. I learned nothing except that, like, I think I learned that BMW has internal fighting. Like, because, yeah, right? I mean, what I learned most is, like, it's like a kid coming in and drawing um, their parents fighting in art class. And you're like, huh, I wonder what this represents. Like, well, your parents are probably, their parents are fighting. It's like, so I'm hearing this, like, fight. And I bet there's, like, legitimate dichotomy inside bmw where like there's these people who are like look at our heritage look what we're doing look where you're going and then they're like no this is where we need to go because if we don't go here we die and blah 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 so you know it almost showed me that maybe there's internal struggles that are the reason for why this sort of new public perception of bmw losing their way exists maybe this is all from them because they're actually all we're doing is really watching our parents fight and we're like finding out through a third party, which is their advertising. How terrible is that? It's come to that, though. That's the deep? truth. Did I go way too far uh, with that one? Is that no, a, is no, that a no, reach? no. What you said, <laughs> what you said, I mean, there definitely could be, you know, the M division who's trying to keep that brand alive, literally. Um, and then you've got these, you know, getting the I brand, who's probably getting all the money, you know, probably all the investments going to the I brand. Sure. And there's probably in, internal struggles, and the marketing team maybe thought it would be a little funny in a you know a jokingly way of saying you know here's the future, there's the past, the past is about to die, time to move on. Yeah, and yeah, I mean you know it's funny I'm I'm still excited about BMW and and regardless of their marketing, like regardless of whether you love or hate the new appearance of the uh, the the four series grill and all this stuff. Um, I think that there's a lot of excitement behind. I mean, a new M3, that's like a new 911, man. That's a big deal. That's some good stuff. That's exciting to drive, and I can't wait to drive it. I've got a 540i coming as a press loaner on Friday, and I've driven now I've driven the M5, the M550i, and this will be the 540, and I'm really excited to drive it because I want to know what like the quote-unquote normal man's BMW feels like. 
Yeah, there's no such thing as a poor man's BMW. Especially anymore, the right? five series. It's an, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you, you can get into a crummy three series. Like you can definitely sit in a three series or an X3 and go, oh my God, like this is, I, I think I'm buying a Hyundai. Um, I'll get more standard features and it will be cheaper and you know, all, all that shit. Um, whereas I think that the five series is where the game starts elevating. And it's a very mm. distinct elevation. Like the second, oh, yeah. you know, the, you get in a five series and you go, oh, even like a pretty stripped out five series feels nice. Well, they give you a lot of options that would be an option on a three series standard on a five. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, so no one can see your shirt right now, but it says LS swap. And it does. And yes. that brings me to the next commercial item that I have actually, I forgot, I almost forgot to talk about this with you. GM's logo. new logo. Oh God! Can I, I can I give you mine? Can I give you my perspective first? It's really short. Yes, of I think that this logo looks like a sophomore in high school who's decided to be an entrepreneur, putting on a black turtleneck and glasses to channel Steve Jobs' energy and be like, "This is me now." Oh my God! That's how I feel. Um, that when I see that logo, I'm like. This just, it looks, I don't even get, if it's not, all right, gra- graphic, I, I shouldn't, be, I'm not trying to be mean. I just think from a graphic design perspective, I can't even see this on a vehicle. Like I can't, oh, it doesn't terrible. make any sense to me. Um, so first of all, I, I don't want to belittle what their, what their company is going through and what they're going for, because I think that's incredible. I'm really excited for the future of GM. I am. I hope they succeed. I want them to be a heavy player in the future market, but Sometimes I'm like, this logo looks like maybe more work went into the logo than the actual plan <laughs> to make the cars. Oh, I, you know, so I saw it on Twitter and the first thing I said, I think I posted it on my Instagram, like, oh no. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and, you know, BMW, I think gets all this publicity about their bad embarrassing moments because they had such a high standard everybody has such a high standard for bmw it's a hard of, place to be the three series exactly. has been the benchmark quote-unquote they invented the quote-unquote sports sedan exactly so when I, when one little thing goes wrong the whole world collapses so i kind of get it that bmw really doesn't deserve all the flack that it gets um and also i think we need to look at bmw differently because the world's different the world isn't 1995 anymore, okay? Nirvana isn't popular, all right? We've got to move on from that. And BMW now is a tech company for the most part. It really is. It's, it's doing things that are trying to push the envelope. And they always were doing that engineering-wise, but they didn't market it like that. Okay. Is this going to tie back to GM? It is. <laughs> I'm looking I'm at you, there. and I'm looking at wh- where that Corona is, and I'm thinking, uh, are we, are we, so, are so GM, circle? GM, ironically, is in a similar situation as BMW. Okay, they are okay. having an identity crisis. Okay, they've got the C8, which is the pinnacle of Corvette and GM's technology, and then on the other side, they've got their electric program with the Hummer and all those Cadillac stuff and whatever. Sure. But you know what GM's doing that BMW isn't? What are they doing? They're still doing their marketing correctly. Okay. They're not they're not shaming they're not having a Hummer pull out, an electric Hummer pull out and pull next to, I don't know, a Malibu or something and be like, 
Oh my god, I could run you over. Yeah, they're not making fun. Go home. Of, they're not. They're not like actually. They're not like taking a uh, metaphorical shit on their past. Exactly. Exactly. If anything. They're keeping their past alive by bringing back the Hummer brand, which is a brand that I thought was going to die with uh, everything else, the well, Saab and I was Pontiac. excited when they brought Hummer back with electric, not necessarily because I expect it to be a great car, but I thought it was a bold move. Um, so we watched, we watched Ford do this with Mustang Mach-E, which was more to me like just getting an, getting it to be talked about more for, for better or worse. But with Hummer, I saw that as like, whoa, because Hummer people, Hummer fans, Hummer, Hummer, you know, buyers are typically very, um, how do I put this? Um, they, they are, they're like, they're like, they want to roll coal at a Prius. They want to, they want to suffocate, um, the people in a Starbucks line with, with diesel. You don't fumes. say, you, know what I'm saying? you don't say, I, I always thought they were, you know, always, you know, trying to save the planet with the polar bears. So I thought I must've been wrong. I thought, Whoa, GM coming out swinging with their first, like big, big, big boy move outside of like econo box EVs with the, with a Hummer is going to be like their flagship EV SUV brand. Like, Whoa, I thought that was incredible. So cool. and, and, and I thought so too. And I still don't know where, how I feel about like its appearance and specs and all that stuff. But I mean, I, I, I was shocked, shocked. I'm, I, when, when it got announced, first thing, I don't think many people knew about this. No, I don't got remember the Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl commercial. I mean, like, I didn't even hear any whispers about this. You know how usually when you hear about brands coming back, you usually hear about it. I didn't hear a thing. No. All you and saw was said, that number, 11,000 pound-feet of torque, and you went, what is going on? And I think GM is going about it the right way and getting people who may be looking at the past excited about electric vehicles. Yeah. I, I think this is a good way to get, you know – you know, Billy Bob and his H1 Alpha into an electric Hummer. I agree. And do, don't you think that that's an, a better approach to coerce people into electric cars than making fun of them? Exactly. You know, one is the nice guy who's doing, well, now we can go back to the beginning. One's the optimist and one's the pessimist. <laughs> yeah. You know, to circle back around. And and uh, you know what? We could be missing the mark here because it's possible that this humor or however this was written was for a German audience and we received the English translation and it just doesn't it just doesn't jive culturally that way. But honestly, I'm like I, I felt really uncomfortable with it on a lot of levels. One, I don't think it was very well written, which maybe could just be chalked up to a language thing. But two, it could, it could, it could just be lost in translation. And two, I just, the whole premise behind it was like, I'm not sure what I'm actually meant to take away from this because at this point I'm like, I, I, I'm not on either side. I'm like, this is really insulting on both sides. I think both of you are really, it's like, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever watched like a bratty kid fight with like a really mean old person? You're like, you're both horrible. You're both horrible. Why? Yeah. I don't want you either mean, of you, you to mean, win. Go, you mean watching Gran Torino? 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you're both kind of assholes in this situation. And then if you can make up and get better, that's great. Leave me out of it, though. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be either of your friends. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we we go we go and look at you know the, the the side of BMW where they're making fun of it. And by the way, it was announced at CES, which is an American trade show for electronics. Yeah. So I I don't know how they messed this up so bad if it was really German and then interpreted into a U.S. I think I'm I mean, trying just, to I'm trying to give them excuses. I think I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I, I just you know, GM definitely missed the mark on their logo for sure yeah but i think a lot of people you know who are into ls's or the old stuff let's put it that way uh you know before electric um i think they all are like overhead cams yeah exactly (laughs) be before electric um i i think it definitely alienates the brand. I mean, I'm not the only one who posted that. There are a lot of people who are like, what, what are you thinking, GM? But there is some hope to this. The first thing is, I think GM's going to listen and they'll change it. I, you, I think you they think genuinely... Do you think they're going to change the design? I, I think... I just... I have, a, I have an inkling that... First thing, nothing's on it yet. There's no, There's nothing set in stone. They just trademarked it. I mean, it's not like they have to, they haven't put it on anything. You're right? right. You're right. The second thing is what this opens up is, and this is open to interpretation, of course, but I think this is allowing General Motors to put whatever kind of brand they want on it. They can change that logo to individualize it on every vehicle. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think with the Hummer putting that, you know, logo whether or not i call it the the nicktoons logo because it looks like it's something straight out of nickelodeon it's all wavy and the blue looks like just it just doesn't look good i think it looks like you're talking Um, about the new one the new one looks like um it looks like intel's first draft of their processor (laughs) chips from like 1996 oh my god and they were like oh no it needs to be more holographic and they're like oh done and then they put a swoosh on it (laughs) i mean you know I think I think they still have the ability to fix this, and and they might. And guess what? If they don't, then so be it. But you know what? It's I not gonna... I don't care. You're right. I don't care about the logo as much as I care about the technology. And if, exactly. And if they can market good technology and get good stuff out there, same with like I, you know, and I I 100 said the same thing for Ford Mach E. The Mustang Mach-E. Everyone's like, how dare they? How dare they call it a Mustang? I'm like, number one, yeah, it's going to be a lot faster than your Mustang pretty much every day of the week. And it's going to school it on track and in a straight line. But I also understand, I'm like, you're talking about like a little SUV that's electric and you're trying to call it a Mustang. Yikes. But if the vehicle, which from what I've heard... Uh, musings around the automotive community of folks who have driven it. Like people are like really into this thing. They like it. And if, I mean, can you, I'm so excited that Ford and other OEMs other than like super high end stuff and Tesla are getting into EVs that I think are going to be usable and enjoyable and fast and fun. I mean, if that Mustang Mach-E is fast, fun, and easy to use, then you can call it whatever the hell you want. It's going to sell. It's going to sell. It's going to sell. I saw one on the road. And, I saw one on the road. I mean, it was awesome. I, I am not the person to say I, I am excited about electric vehicles because I really am not. But 
if I had to, which I eventually will have to get an electric vehicle, it's only a matter of time, right? If it's just like driving a regular car, then that is perfect with me. I'm not sure why every brand has to design an electric car like it's something from Demolition Man. They I mean, look like ridiculous, a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, like the e-tron was the first car that I finally said, all right, I could drive, see myself in this. Taycan, it's an unbelievable piece of engineering, way too futuristic for me. I could never see myself with those goofy white wheels or whatever. You, there Tesla's, are many I, wheel options. <laughs> Tesla's too much electronics going in there. I mean, can you imagine my father trying to drive a Tesla? I mean, you know my father pretty well. I so. do. I guess not. But also, I mean, the screen is, I think it's very user friendly. I feel like Tesla appeals to people because it's an appliance and it's like a fun appliance that takes you places. The only, it's just not driver centric at all. I like, see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But you got to remember the only screen my father cares about is on his Casio calculator. a boy. So, you know, to him, looking at the, a giant screen or someone who's just, doesn't want technology you know i think gm ford the basics they'll get the basics down pretty well and i think that'll give them a good benchmark i mean both of these companies have dabbled in evs before yeah Um, absolutely so i'm just sick of everybody saying the future is here and then they you know show their car and it's this ridiculous looking SUV or, or pod or whatever you have. The pod. Yeah, no, you're, you know, you're totally right. I don't want to drive a spaceship. I want to drive, I mean. I just want a normal car. I just want my G35 with an electric motor. Right. And That's I, so difficult. I do think that in the next like 10 to 15 years, we are going to see Frankenstein. I mean, Rich Rebuild is already kind of doing it, but he also is uh, like, you know, a little more daring than the average person. But the same way that, you know, we, how many, how many of our friends have we watched put like engine A into chassis B? You know, it's like they, they take one thing and they make it another thing. I think that's going to be more normalized because there will be more um, compatible hardware and software options for people to A, install them and B, tune them. And we're going to see, like, I was talking about this with um, Kyle the other day because he set the cannonball record in that Taycan. And I think that the EV cannonball record is going to be shattered into the 30s by somebody who um, manages to shove a bunch of battery packs into, like, you know, like basically a range extender. You know, you take like a pickup truck or something that you can fit some electric motors to it and then just fill the bed with batteries. Yeah. That, oh, that's I mean, gonna, but you don't have skunk works to, like me and you might have an idea and if it was financially viable like hey like let's ls swap the miata okay we could me and you could do that like, that's a feasible yeah. thing me and you could do we yeah. won't do it and if we did it it would break a bunch of times but at the end of the day like it's possible but i i don't feel comfortable right now like hey why don't we uh, electrify this Miata? You look at me like, what do you, you don't know how to do that. We don't know anything about this. We're going to kill ourselves with electrocution. And like, we don't, we don't even know how to, fa- like, wh- where do you find these parts? The parts don't exist. Yeah, it's still too new. There's so, not enough crashed ones out there. It is I mean, coming. That's... It is coming. Um, but, you know, I, I, I definitely agree 
with you on the GM approach. Cause I think GM is embracing their old customers and they're trying to be like, Hey guys, like we are going to do this and we're going to put it in a package that you're familiar with and that you're going to like, and we're going to brand it in a way that doesn't make you feel like a flowery little bitch when you drive down the road in it. Because no joke, like that's a big thing. Like a hundred percent. And that is why I think I've had such a bad, you know, taste from electric vehicles because of unfortunately the people who originally bought them and what they were represented as when they were first sold you know it's, priuses yep essentially it sucks because it, you know what really sucks is that the prius is such a good car <laughs> i know and it's I like know. everyone's like oh the stupid prius is in my way i'm like it, it isn't in your way it's doing 75 and it's passing somebody who's gonna move over like i hate prius drivers you hate prius drivers prius drivers are like there are more prius drivers than any other kind of driver like there are more priuses on the road than like any other vehicle what do you mean you hate Prius drivers? Yeah. That means you like hate a lot of like, hate. And, I'm, and like we back when I was growing up, we used the word hate a lot. Like, oh, I hate you for this. And, and what do your parents always say? They say hate is a strong, a word, strong word, right? And w- because we lived in paradise, man, we were in fucking 90s world. Like everything was cool and people were nice. We weren't like in any like imminent danger. Things were good. Today, we understand that like somehow everything from the coffee you drink to the car you drive is politicized and polarized. And when you say, hate, I hate Prius drivers, I actually, now I'm like, oh, you might actually ram this guy off the road. Did your phone die? It did. I knew it. But anyway, yeah, so I like... I just I am excited that um, brands are getting more clever with the way they market EVs because like again I I don't think EVs have to be political I don't ha- think they have to be um, you know polarizing to to folks I mean if it's a good car that makes your life easier and you don't have to go to the gas station and you don't have to like sit and idle in traffic for example you went to a drive-in movie theater the other day. It's cold out. We live in New England. And I was shocked. I saw the picture because your girlfriend posted like an Instagram thing. Oh, we're at the drive-in, which I thought, oh my God, that's my town. I didn't realize they were open in the winter. But you had to sit there and idle in your G35 to not freeze to death. And I remember, (laughs) what did I text you? Uh, I forget what you texted me. I said, I hope your cooling system's intact on this old rusty car. Because I'm like, oh my God, you're going to blow this car up watching a movie. I'm thinking, oh my God, if I owned a Tesla or something electric what a great adventure to go on is a drive-in movie theater in the winter because you can just sit and not burn fossil fuels you're not wasting gas you're not like sending all this crazy stuff through your engine and hoping that it can just sit and idle for two and a half hours you know you can just you can just sit there and enjoy it the batteries are going to power a little heater core and do your thing that's great yeah no it it, drive-in movies are so cool there's just so retro but that's a whole other topic we'll get to that in another podcast exactly that being said electric cars to me what i like about them are their cost so their operating costs i mean think about it very little consumables i mean sure you got tires brakes you know bushings the whatnot but you're not worrying about let's go with rod bearings shall we every time uh you're just really stabbing me in the heart right now, but you're uh, totally, you know, you're totally right. You know, uh, oh no, my engine died. Let's just swap it out. That's how you know. It's literally. Have you ever played with an electric car? How hard was it to pull the motor out of it? It sucks. I mean, it, it, it's a su- car. Yeah. It was super easy, but it sucks that 
every time I do an oil change, I have the thought of, man, this I wish I had an electric car. Because it's not that it's hard. It's not. But oil is gross. Oil is dirty. Oil, I have to still dispose of it. I have to put it in the things. I have to like get under my car. I mean, it's objectively ridiculous when I when I when I think about how many oil changes I've done on this M3 and how much oil it uses and all this stuff, you know. And and those are just tasks that don't exist with an electric car, and that's a really nice place to be. Yeah. No, and, and also, to me, another reason that I really enjoy electric cars and the future of them, their potential for speed. It, the, the speeds in torque that you can get from an electric motor is astounding. I had a Taycan 4S the other day, and I, I pushed it. I mean, I, I took it to a G in a corner, and I was, like, astonished at how it rockets out of a corner the way that thing exits is just i <laughs> i can't wait to drive the turbo and the turbo s i'm like i can't believe this oh. is the baby boy this is the little one this is the little guy it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, porsche porsche's done it right i will get i will give it to them they made an enthusiast car a driver's car it's for not sure. just an electric car for sure um well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. We're, we've 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 gone from everything from from pandemic isolation and how we uh, deal with people who are too happy <laughs> to <laughs> to electric cars. That's good. Um, well, you know, I like having you on these little cruise shows just because it's fun. Fun to have a little back and forth on some of the topics that we we think about throughout the week. So it's good to have you. Thank you for having me as always. I always love doing these with you. It brings me back to my radio days. And uh, I hope we can continue to do them. And maybe one day we can do them next to each other. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I bought all these fucking mics. I have, I have, I have like, I can, I have a three person setup, you know, and I just can never really have anyone together. Well, one day we'll use them. Don't worry. Soon. It's coming soon. All right. I'll see ya. So what do you think? How about Eddie? Is he doing all right? I think he's doing all right throughout this pandemic. He's been very good about, about isolation and being cautious, uh, more so than pretty much anybody else I know. So I'm very proud of him for that. And I'm, I'm glad he's always kind of supported me in, in you know, staying away from people, which I, I'm definitely more of an introvert when it comes to that. This hasn't been that difficult not to socialize for me. But I know for a lot of people who are used to always being around people, who are used to being around strangers, you know, whether it's a bar or a club or, or, or even at work, you know, if you work in a social atmosphere, like if you're a car salesman, you're used to being around people. Um, I know that's come back quite a bit, so it's, it's not totally gone. But, you know, we've all had to find ways to, to, to entertain ourselves and to be well. And I know I kind of make fun of wellness stuff just because a lot of it, I think, is very hokey and silly and, 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 and simple. But if it helps you, I mean, do it. If, if you got to stare at an iPad and take deep breaths, if it gets you through your day, like, you know, I, I, I'm teasing. Enjoy it. Do your thing. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to respect the drive. And I'll see you soon.